From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Brian Kershisnik and Steve Vistonet are two men who earned their living as visual artists. Brian is a painter, Steve is a graphic designer. But every Thursday night, these guys step away from their respective fabric and digital canvases and create art together in the medium of music. And they've been creating songs for over a decade. And after all that time, they finally have a debut album. It's called Tiny Bicycle Parade. See? visual image even in the title and they're here to share some of that music with us now here's brian kershisnik on guitar and vocals steve vistonet on piano with a song called out there
Can we take a drive? Let's take another drive. We just took a drive. Let's take another one just now. Cars, trees, people on bikes. That's out there. You're listening to Highway 89, coming to you live from Studio 6 at BYU Broadcasting. Our guests today are Brian Kershisnik and Steve Vistonit. And I understand that, like a lot of good things in life, this sort of happened by accident. Tell me about this. It did. Well, we were at a Christmas party uh, together, and I was sitting down playing the piano. People were singing along and having a good time, and Brian says, Hey, I've got my guitar in the car. And I didn't even know he played guitar. We'd only met a few months earlier. So he brings it in and starts playing along. And I'm looking at him like, wow, he's good. This is really fun. So he joined in. And then, boy, about a week later, he said, I have a Christmas song. And we sat down and he taught it to me. And that was kind of the start of the band. Uh, we just kind of realized that in our lives, with the busyness of our careers, that our music was just going to be taking more and more of a back seat. And we thought if we play together, and have an appointment that it would just preserve it, and it ended up doing just that. It's been really beautiful. So 10 years after the fact, um, to steal a phrase, you're now putting the music out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. so what was this tipping point where you said, you know, this, this might be an album? Well, um, we were, uh, we've talked about recording for quite a long time, and mostly the thinking was that we have such a great time in Steve's basement every Thursday that we wanted some kind of record of it. We wanted, we perform periodically and share it that way, but we wanted to have some, some record of it to remain, something we could continue to listen to and, and recall. And there's always a danger that it will go away, you know, that, that life will change, that we'll move, that, that something will yeah. evaporate. And so that was one of the motivations. Yeah. I Oh, sorry. I, we both agree that a very healthy thing for artists to do is to create art for yourselves. And so like Brian said, we did this so we had record of it. And people have enjoyed it. They like it. And that's that's wonderful. But we really kind of did it for us. <laughs> <laughs> How do you describe your music to people when they say, well, what kind of, what, what is this? Sometimes we're a man band. <laughs> <laughs> On the radio, you can't see the synchronized dancing. Right. Okay. Right, yeah, right. That's an important feature. <laughs> um, 
I mean, obviously, singer-songwriter and folk music is kind of where we fall, fall into because I explain to people, well, there's a piano and there's a guitar and there's a vocal. <laughs> so that, that lets <laughs> most people kind of know right, where you're. They can get an idea. Yeah, our our sensibilities. Are, we both played since we were teens, and and they were developed. Mine certainly with a huge folk influence. And Steve's a, with a little more rock, and certainly plenty of rock for me too. And and uh, the songs, without me, without deciding on a category, we just we make them and try to make them work, you know. But we haven't really categorized it. No, and that's what's so beautiful about it. It's just what happens when the two of us sit down and play. So, has this like saved you therapy bills over the years to get together and just play music? Yes, very much so. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing that it's a kind of an outlet. Uh, the, the phrase I saw on your website was our need to get together and play. Well, and there have been certain uh, periods in my life where I've had to say to Steve, look, do you have three songs? I just need three songs, you know, and I just go over and we'll just go down oh, in the uh -huh. basement. And that usually turns into 10. But right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's uh, it very much is something that is there's an interior need we have to to not only it's not just about the the songs themselves, but every time we play them, they're a little different, and mm. and uh, and and we are we are close to each other playing and and noting the differences in each playing, and every once in a while we'll get through a song and say, "Ah, oh, that was nice. Let's do it again," you know. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is very much a, a therapy session, often a therapy session. Sometimes uh, Steve's wife has come down and said. Right, you know, well, you guys are working something out today, you know, because we'll be playing particularly. Oh yeah, uh, a couple of years aggressively ago, or... <laughs> we had both had one of those days, and she came down and looked at us and just closed the door because, she, you know, and we felt bad for our instruments after that session, but boy, we felt good. Yeah, we felt much better. <laughs> well, let's hear a couple of, uh, of. You have quite generously included twenty-one tracks on this, so. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, we didn't exclude much, actually, because it's a record of what we're doing right yeah, now. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that we kind of decided. Well, give me just a, a little something to hang my hat on for first this one, Twin, and then interesting, interesting title, The Next Time Lazarus Dies. Yeah, Twin is, uh, it, it came from, a, a, I lived in Kenosh, Utah, for many years, and there was a friend I had uh, there, Paul Robison, uh, who has since died in, a, in, a, in an accident, but uh, Paul was a, a great friend of mine for years before I found out he was a twin, and he um, uh, he let me know that his twin sister had died, uh, you know, not long after their birth, and and there were certain things about Paul that made sense in a different way, kind of knowing that she hmm. she, she was she was kind of present in some ways. There was just kind of this uh, continued uh, connection to this absent. Hmm. Uh, sister, and that so so that was the idea that started. It was years later when I was sitting in an airport that I was just kind of thinking about the idea of what would it be like to be a twin and having having lost the other one. And so, the the rest of the details in the song are grabbed from all over the place and are not particularly specific mm. to Paul's experience. But it was I I generally delegate the song to Paul and Paula, the the sister that I know. Oh, did interesting. Know, and the next time Lazarus dies. Yeah, um, that that emerged from uh, uh, it, my music. Often comes from a fairly melancholy place. Steve and I are very happy, and uh, you know, have a great and fun time together. We're not very. We're, no one would describe us as brooding, but the music often kind of originates from a fairly mm -hmm. melancholy place. And uh, and there, this was a particularly 
uh, also a particularly difficult time in my life. And, and, but I, I was thinking about, uh, I was reading a book about historical Jesus and about how the Gospels were written. Jerusalem was destroyed and the, the, the writers were in exile. And, and there are all these visuals that I had never really put together. And I, and I thought about the fact that Lazarus very possibly would have been killed in the sacking of Jerusalem mm. or you know, anyway obviously we don't know that but but in thinking about that I thought oh yeah he's he's gonna go through it again you know <laughs> like, not that, again uh, yeah that's right we, do, we don't get that story but but obviously Lazarus is like all of us will eventually have to cross the good well we're gonna hear these pair of tunes now from these two a first twin interesting uh, I've always thought it was interesting that Elvis Presley had a twin. That yeah, there was Elvis that. Aaron and there was Aaron Elvis. Makes you think of it differently. Followed by the next time Lazarus dies. This is from the album Tiny Bicycle Parade. Brian Kersisnik and Steve Vistonit. <laughs> I am a twin, but one of us died I emerged rather thin and I wouldn't cry The whole event was very odd Just one of those messy places where we meet God Not even aware that anything or everything still could have been a very different kind of blow just a tiny writhing companion to a sister that I never got to know sister sorrow I try to fathom the collision of joy and grief for one gone today and gone tomorrow she's older than me because in the watery dance of twins when the portal opened she was there and she Belched her first wet cry through suction. I loitered longer than my mother thought right, but at last I ventured into that improbable. My twin 
I slept through it all in a plastic bin. Annoyed by her absence and the dryness and the silence, pushing out to see if she was pushing back. Exhausted by the pain of unfamiliar hunger and a massive unarticulated lack. are hotter than the days It's hard to find the ones who stayed Resistance to another phase And didn't we already pay That's what we'll say the next time Lazarus dies. The bright reflection in your eyes of our Jerusalem in flames. And who then to remember any of our I begin to gather stones Mending breaches, knitting bones I just fell asleep still on the phone I guess I'd better watch my tone Uncoupled from all alibis We muster every ounce of praise To bathe in thoughts of better days 
better days, better days. No doubt the scabs will fade to scars. We'll sit in restaurants and not speak of ours. While pregnant memories bizarre among the knickknacks will sell photographs of removing splinters and screening for the shards. And I will not even speak of those and I promise not to tear my clothes. I will bear the burdens that I chose. The next time Lazarus dies, the bright reflection in your eyes of our Jerusalem in flames and who then to remember any of our names the next time Lazarus dies Next time Lazarus dies. The next time Lazarus dies, before that was a song called Twin. We're listening to Steve Vistanet and Brian Kershiznik in studio today, coming to you live. Steve, uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that you're both visual artists with two very, I would say, very different styles. Uh, tell me a little bit about your work. Uh, I actually, I've been a graphic designer my entire life, which I absolutely love. But in the past, oh, four or five years, my wife and I have actually been collaborating on uh, making paintings. Mm. And so I'll kind of come up with the, the, actually, she has a lot of the ideas, but I'm kind of the, the, the drawer, <laughs> the illustrator. And I'll kind of sketch out a basic idea, and then she brings it to life. She's the painter, and she adds the color and brings it to life. And... In the end, it's really kind of fun to collaborate with her. So these days, is it a sketch pad or is it a screen? Uh, well, <laughs> it's both. Mm. Um, my favorite thing is a pen and a piece of paper. I will always love that. But, oh, yeah, computers are wonderful things that make life so great, and you can make things very quickly uh, that look wonderful. I, I have this great image from your website that I related to, not in exactly the same way, but it spoke to things that apply to me, which was that you said, if you could just put on music and have just a pen and a piece of paper, you'd be in heaven. Right. It's true. <laughs> that was my perfect day at age 12. It is my perfect day right now. <laughs> Nothing has changed. There are times when uh, both Steve and I are big sketchbookers. And Says Brian, pulling out yeah. the sketchbook from his back pocket. <laughs> and uh, and we, um, there are times when we get ideas for our work by kind of entertaining each other. 
Uh-huh. And I, I've, there have been a lot of times when I've just been doing something that I, I think is just a joke to make Steve laugh that I end up thinking, you know, this is a good idea. There's a, a, a painting I did called Jesus and the Angry Babies yes. that emerged a, a, originally from just trying to make Steve laugh. And it worked. It made oh, yeah, laugh, he made but, me laugh. But, it, uh, but it, it ended up being an idea that was much bigger than just, a, you know, a joke to make Steve laugh. And so, anyway. <laughs> so how would you describe what you do, Brian? Uh, the medium is mostly oil. Yeah, uh, and lately moving into um, uh, some sculpture, and, mm-hmm. and I've always done uh, printmaking from time to time. I'm working on a series of woodcuts right now, too. But yes, m- far and away, mostly it's oil painting and, uh, and, and all sizes. And, and I, I, I kind of describe my work as a, a sort of a mythological autobiography. All of the figures in it are, in one sense or another, uh, self-portraits, even though I'm not looking at myself or anything actually yeah. I, I'd make them up for my imagination but so I look at the album cover mm-hmm. and I see elements of both of your art is this an actual first collaboration uh, yeah maybe so I mean Steve is of course a graphics designer so he, he put it together but using our, uh, both of our artwork well, yeah there are a few lucky friends who have gotten birthday posters from us and we <laughs> right and we both drew on those and they turned out really wacky yeah it's when Steve's uh, daughter was on a mission in in uh, uh, Sweden. Uh, Sweden, yeah. That w- we we drew, we would do drawings for her. That we would we would just keep trading places and having our figures interact. And again, mostly we're kind of entertaining each other. But right. I think she liked it too. <laughs> I think so. Tell tell me, Steve, from your viewpoint, what's it like the musical collaboration? Because Brian shows up with a song, which means he shows up with what? Um, with usually a beautiful idea, <laughs> and so he'll sit down and. Here's the interesting thing. We don't have a deadline because this isn't our this isn't our day jobs. And so we're used to deadlines with paintings have to be done and designs got to be done. But boy, with our music, we can take our time. And so he'll wait until it's ready and he'll say, okay, I've got a song. And he'll play it for me. And I'm like, okay. Sometimes I will add the part that moment and it writes itself. Other times it may take months. There's one we're working on for a couple of years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's wonderful. And then uh, even on, the, on one of those, oh, when we're going to play, I said, what if we threw a little bridge part in here? And he was like, that's a great idea. And he went home and he wrote it and came back and played it. And yeah, it were, I mean, so we, he does most of the writing, but every now and then I'll, you know, what if we did an extra verse or a different chorus or, and it works. Well, here's our Highway 89 Extra, Brian. Maybe you can comment on these. We're going to give you as listeners a couple of songs that are not yet recorded or released. So tell me, tell me about okay. Graham and Angle of the Day. Well, Graham is... Um... Graham is a song that I, I, uh, my, I, my niece, uh, she found out when she was pregnant that her son to be ha- was missing a chamber in his heart, and so his birth was dramatic, and we were all kind of anxious to hear. And when he was born, um, I, I had a piece of paper and I just scrawled out some lyrics about the anxiety we were experiencing. Graham is doing great. Graham is fine now. Graham is mm. four five years old maybe even older now but uh, but um but I lost the lyrics and just while I was decluttering my house and going through a stack of papers I found them and and just I thought oh these are these are important so I uh, put a tune to it almost exactly as they were scrawled out usually songs take me a lot longer to put the lyrics together an angle of the day an angle of the day that that's a little more complicated um I I think that the imagery that I'm I was thinking of mostly while I wrote it was of uh, thinking about my son, but 
but it, it's hard for me to know yet what that song is about. It's that new. I, it, was, it was a melody that I was working on, and I was, I was just singing some gibberish that helps me remember. Now, Steve understands music, and I don't. I don't know how to write it. I don't, and so I, have, I use some tricks to help me remember what I've been putting together. And some of the gibberish that I was using for, for placeholder lyrics ended up sticking and being uh, working. So. <laughs> we'll let you guys take your place. We're going to hear these two Highway 89 extras, songs that are, are not yet recorded, not yet released. And this is from Brian Kershiznik, Steve Vistonet. You can find their music and follow them, find out what's happening at tinybicycleparade.com. Here is Graham. their surrender before faith gave way to trends I would press you to remember but that was now and this is then your name is on the hand 
Your name is on the grave. Your name is on the angle of the day. Of the day. Don't try frolicking through anguish. You must insist on being heard. What you've endeavored here to vanquish was already conquered by every bird. Your name is on the cradle. Your name is on the On Highway 89, that's Angle of the Day. Graham before that, Brian Koshiznik and Steve Vistonet. I said I wanted to talk about journaling, and so I think of different kinds of journaling. A sketchbook could help you remember as you flip through. I don't know if you're a similar sketchbooker. It sounds like you are. Oh, yeah. I have stacks of them at home. That's, that is my journal. The songs are also a kind of a journal as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. At least for you guys, they really are. Our CD, the, our debut CD, the Tiny Bicycle Parade, did, absolutely takes all the past 10 years with me and Brian and puts it on one nice little disc that we can remember forever. It's, it's a great thing. Do you keep an actual journal, like what we think of as a, today I... No, my sketchbooks are my journals. I take notes every Sunday, and they're a little crazy, and <laughs> but that, those are my notes. That is my journal, my sketchbooks. 
And you said something interesting, Brian, about it's a new song. I don't know what it means yet, maybe. That's very much reflected in the way that I paint, too. I kind of make artwork to find out what it means rather than deciding on something and, and executing Now, some of the it. songs, like Twin, is a storytelling... There's and, room to imagine. And, and even there, though, it starts out with an idea, but then I write the song to see what happens, to, mm. to kind of explore yeah. the emotion without a preconceived note. I mean, a lot of the best lines in that song just came accidentally because I needed a rhyme or... I needed the song to work. I needed to change the rhythm in order to make it fit. We talked just while we were setting up about you as an artist may create something and even have come to the place where you think it means this, and yet there's this whole other world of the listener or the viewer, and they make it what they want it to be. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny. And the thing that I insist upon is that people not tell me what I meant. <laughs> That's the only thing I take issue. I'm, oh, I'm but perfect. what if they really know? Uh, well, they don't. Uh, and some of them feel that they do. And, uh, and so uh, every once in a while in an article or something, they'll say, well, what the artist intended here. And, and I say, hey, 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 unless I have told you, unless you're quoting me, don't, don't go there. Because I very often, I feel that as an artist, I'm not the last word in what my songs or my paintings mean. That I feel like significant work needs to mean more than what the artist intends. That's a, it's a little tricky to do that. But So when a song grows out of your personal life, do you feel like you really follow what the actual facts of the matter are to find meaning? Or do you just start that and then it just goes wherever it goes? Yeah, it's more the second. It's more the second one. Like when I mentioned in talking about angle of the day, I'm thinking of certain imagery that I associate with a time or with a certain relationship. But, but the song needs to be the song. And so certain images emerge because you, you just need to come up with words. And so I, I will fasten on to something to kind of harvest images, but they come together to kind of create a different story and it's, its own story. This next song, Love Song with Words, this is one of my favorites. I've been looking forward to hearing this one. And at first I thought, well, this is sort of interesting because it sounds like a very romantic thing. I love you so much there aren't even words, except there are words to this love song without words. And the words really, to me, aren't all that romantic, at least on the surface of it, because it sort of, to me, seems to be about the difficulty of finding the words or to uh, express what you mean when you feel something so strongly, which in the end, someone expressing to someone else, I have difficulty even finding words to tell how I feel about you, actually ends up being kind of romantic. <laughs> at least that was, that was my five-second interpretation of the little bit of the preview I got listening to iTunes. And by the way, if you want to listen to these guys and get their music, you can look on iTunes or go to the website tinybicycleparade.com for Brian Kershiznik and Steve Vistonet. Tiny Bicycle Parade, also the name of this album. This is a love song with words, with words, with words. This is a love song with words. This is a love song with words, with words, with words. 
This is a love song with words. This is the chorus of the love song with words, with words. This is the chorus where it all should resolve and the metaphors come home with words, with words. This is a love song with words. Someday I'll write another song and I'll use better words. Someday I'll write a love song that will nail this thing down with words like small white arrows approaching, depicting noble desires. Then the chorus of that love song with better words will surprise us and delight us how it all resolves and the metaphors come home with words and say they followed us can we keep them this is a love song with words with words with words this is a love song with words. From the album Tiny Bicycle Parade, that's Love Song with Words, and it didn't disappoint. I was glad to hear the actual whole thing. When you are a professional expressor, like both of you guys are, like you're paid to express things, whether it comes to your own head or someone hires you or commissions, whatever. We're paid to feel. Are you ever allowed not to have something to say on a subject? I don't work on, on commission, so I just work, I mean, in my studio, and certainly my music too. I just am able to work on things that mean something to me. The clients and customers who buy my work have come to value that. So I've kind of locked myself into a life where I need to examine things that I want to examine because mm -hmm. I'm still trying to surprise myself. When I have done commissions, then that's a, then there's a committee and there's and that's just a very very different mindset. Oh yeah, I have found that in my career if I'm doing it for me and there's no one tell me what to do or doing this or expecting things, boy, it, what comes out is me. And love it or hate it, it's it's real. And when I'm doing a commission, a lot of times my wife and I will just stare at the canvas and just like, I don't, I'm doing this for someone else. I don't know what to do. So it's kind of hard. So yeah, for me, I like to do it for me. And when we and for us, when we do it for us, we usually wind up with something that is real at least. So all this music you've done for you, because at least it sounds like at the beginning there was no intent. Gosh, we got to get together and make an album. Yeah, but but no, here no. you are. So now as you put it out. What are you hoping, that people relate or they're influenced or you're interested to hear what their opinions are? Yes and no. It continues to be something that we very much do for ourselves. But now we have an album that we had to pay for, so of course we're interested in selling this. <laughs> you know, but we both feel strongly that this is really 
it stays important as it becomes something vital for Steve and I to accomplish. And we're, we're happy for other people to come along. And it is always satisfying when someone responds to an artwork or music in a way that it has become personally important to them. But if I'm trying to make something that's personally important to you, I'll miss. I've got to be looking inside for the thing that is the most important. We, our time is short, but we're going to squeeze in two more songs. I have a, a quick question for you, Steve, to okay. lead into one of these. You wrote that the lyrics to Spirits in Prison get me every time. What do you mean by that? They do. Um, I think it's best to just listen to the song. Brian wrote this. He, it's hard for me to talk for Brian, but I've heard the story enough. <laughs> <laughs> go for but it. I think I know. He, he used to go and play to the, to the prisoners down in, in Millard County. Mm. What he found was that they're not all that different from us. They just made some poor choices. And so he wrote the song about preaching to those spirits in prison, but the lyrics also transcend and have a deeper meaning, at least for me. Brian? Yeah, I think maybe we're all uh, held back from what we could do or accomplish sometimes. By... Yeah, I, I, when I first started visiting the jail down in Fillmore and brought my guitar, my assumption was that I would be in a room full of people with whom I had nothing in common, but found that that wasn't the case at all. And actually, I had a church assignment to take church services to the jail. And so one evening when I was leaving, I just said, oh, I'm off to preach to the spirits in prison, making kind of a I suppose a somewhat irreverent joke, but but as I was driving, I realized, yeah, that there's something really vital about the work that we do in the jails that relates somehow to the the scriptural discussion of Jesus preaching to spirits in prison. So good, let's hear it. First, spirits in prison, followed by another song that actually is the final song on the album. We'll use it for our final and farewell song today, which is called Menu. Look around you, most of us are behind bars of sloth or passion, licking wounds and counting scars. In prisons we have fashioned, cradling a few taboos, hiding our hearts behind tattoos. Too busy looking tough to note we're missing. Preaching to spirits in prison Our master's gone away And we are struggling But he hasn't left us comfortless In our bungling Though we wear the chains of earth have to loose them for rebirth. Stop pulling on your shackles and listen. Preaching to spirits in prison. We are blind, we are maimed, we are halt. We're all damaged and it wasn't our fault. what the handicap don't fall into the handy trap set by the robbers of our faces we should take our places and listen 
preaching to spirits in prison. For all my incarcerated siblings, for all your exaggerated stumbling, Walls around you are just metaphors for the much profounder closing doors that only open by decision. Preaching to spirits in prison. We are blind, we are maimed, we are halt. We're all damaged and we're sure it wasn't our fault No matter what the handicap Don't fall into the handy trap Set by the robbers of our faces We should take our places And see the vision Preaching to spirits in prison that the children of light are not as wise as the children of this earth for all our wishing there isn't a lot of time to apologize when the kingdom comes and we've gone fishing don't forget the one who us in darkness all around and watch that prison tumble down here in preaching to spirits in prison feeling preaching the spirits in prison hear the breaking of the bands feel the prince of the nails in his hands risen here in preaching to spirits in prison he is risen feel him reaching the spirits in prison he is risen let fall away all of those dark years he is risen bathe his feet with your warm tears Something to eat. 
crashing around, smashing to holler against your own pound, growing smaller. We are victims of thrift. We are enjoying ourselves. We're not a little bit mipped, but soon we'll park and see you through your coming to you live from Studio 6 on Highway 89, Spirits in Prison and Menu. Thanks to Brian Kershiznik, Steve Vistonet. Find their music online at tinybicycleparade.com or on iTunes. And the name of the album, Tiny Bicycle Parade. If you just caught part of the show, you'd like to hear the beginning or listen again, share it with a friend. It's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our student assistants are Abby Vance and Victoria Hardy. Our producer for this episode, Andy McQuinn. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening.